0: It's my own fault. I fell for it. My name is and I am back again, you motherfuckers. I'm here. I made it. I uh, have some good news and I have some bad news. What would you like to hear first? Uh, Probably the bad news. Okay, the bad news is that it's just me again. And um, that sucks. And both, both, Monica and Buddy are out on medical. Uh, Monica stopped by my house earlier today and she can barely fucking walk. Some kind of a back sciatic nerve issue. Um, I don't know, man. It's bad. It's terrible. Uh, I had to help her to her car, sort of, in a weird way. Uh, more with, uh, like, like emotional support or something like that. But she, needless to say, she's not here. Uh, she's hoping to be back next week for Blood on the Highway. No promises there, though. Also, Buddy somewhere throwing up right now. Now, I have had no contact with either of these two people, so you can't blame me for any of this. Um, It's terrible. I'm here, though. The good news is that I got my test results back, and I do not, in fact, have COVID-19. So, rock and fucking roll. I'm going to keep banging. Uh, (laughs) I guess I can just get on with my regular life, really. Uh, Not having COVID-19 is a lot like a traffic stop because you know cops don't pull you over when you're driving well they don't pull you over and if you you pass the field sobriety test you don't get like a a trophy or anything like that you just get to go on with your life so that's pretty much where i'm at uh covid19 a lot like a field sobriety test that i have passed (laughs) for this to this time i passed so, I'm here. Uh, I'm good. I don't have uh, COVID-19. Neither does my family, thankfully. I'm back at work. Uh, I i mean, I was probably going to tell those two to sit this one out anyway, just because of the two-week quarantine situation. Uh, but I'm back at work anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And uh, I don't know. Man, they're both fucked up now. Uh, she can't walk. He's throwing up. I don't know what his problem is. And here we are. It's me and you again. I'm sorry. I know that's not what you wanted, but... That's what you're stuck with. Hopefully next week we can get somebody up in here. I can't even get Jason Harrell back. That motherfucker just had surgery on his uh, his ankle or his tendon or something. He had like a weird knuckle growth coming out of it. It's gross. Anyway, I got a uh, regular horror sh- uh, show to get to. Um, let's go ahead and get into some horror news horror and listener news. Okay, oh, there you go.
1: horror news
0: yeah buddy we got all kinds of things going on um let's see what we have here excuse me uh bloody disgusting tv remember that shit um it was supposed to happen it actually did happen now a lot of you probably haven't checked it out yet because it hasn't been as readily available as you'd like it to be. And it's not really what we were uh, promised either. Now, I was completely unaware that they had already launched. I was expecting like a full-on Shutter esque streaming service where you got to, you know, pick which movie you wanted to see and then click the little thing and then you watch that movie. Now, that's not what's going on right now. And it doesn't look like that's how it's going to be uh, anytime soon. So, what what's rolling right now is there's a Roku channel, but it's on Roku TV Live. And it's just, they're just rocking out one movie after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And that, um, it's okay. The movie, I, I just stumbled onto this today, that part of it. I've got news, but that's the part that I'm onto. Um I've been watching it for about, I don't know, since I got home from work at two, about four hours. They so I've caught two movies, they've both been bad. Well, they're playing Dead Ant right now with Tom Arnold, which is actually kinda cool. Uh before that it was one of those mimesis movies. Eh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and there it's riddled with commercials, man. You got commercials? I haven't seen a booby yet on this channel, so um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Um, I don't know that I'm all that interested, to be honest with you, but the good news is that it is now streaming also on PlayStation, Android TV, and iOS via the Rad app. Now, I looked for the Rad app, I couldn't find it, and, um, uh, I don't know, I'm, I, judge, just judging by the two, the various movies that I have seen on the channel thus far, I'm not going to burn any calories trying to, trying to track this thing down. When they get some better movies, maybe, until then... <laughs> Whatever. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, The Monster Hunter Monster Hunter movie starring Mia Jovovich. That has been pushed up a week. And this may be the only movie of 2020 that's actually been pushed up. It's now going to be released December 18th. Major theatrical and VOD releases. Um I don't know. Do you guys play the Monster Hunter games at all? I never got... I never did. I never got into it. It looks interesting. Um, I don't know, dude. Um, I'll check it out. I'm not... You know what? Is Mia Jovovich that hot anymore? Uh, She... I mean, we all know and love her from the Resident Evil movies. Uh, Other than that, you know, um, she's kind of a video game franchise actress. So what do you, what do you think, dude? What do you, what do you, are you going to go into the monster I I imagine if you're like a monster hunter fanboy and you play the games and all that, then you're probably in. And I'm not mad at Mia Jovovich. I don't know, um, that I'm all that attracted to her anymore. I think resident evil one is about as hot as you're going to get. Uh, she did get naked in one of those. Which one did you, Oh, uh, fifth element. You can see her naked. Uh, Oh, well, you know, that happens. So uh, what else you got here? Jamie Lee Curtis has been crowned the greatest Scream Queen of all time by MTV Movie Awards. Now, a couple of things on that. Number one, who the fuck gave the MTV Movie Awards the credentials to crown our best Scream scream Queen of all time? Uh, Not me. And did they even have movie awards this year? Probably not. Well, they probably shouldn't have. Um. Other than that, I mean, I, I'm willing to sign off on uh, Jamie Lee Curtis being the the great, the best scream queen of all time. Because who else is there, really? She's got the horror lineage, uh, being Jamie Lee's daughter from you know uh, Psycho. Uh, she's definitely better than a Heather Langenkamp or a Nev Campbell. They're franchise actresses, okay? You know what I mean? So you you think Heather Langenkamp, and you think okay. Two Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And that's it. That's it. Oh, well, technically three if you count uh, Freddy's, Freddy's dead. Um, so, who else is there? I'm not I'm not going to sign off on a Nev Campbell. Because other than Scream and kind of the craft, I guess, in a weird way, she hasn't done anything for me lately. Um, there's various Crystal Lake girls. But they're all one and done. So, who else could possibly be the ultimate Scream Queen of... Other than Jamie Lee Curtis, I, I say none. I say that's about as good as we're going to get. Um, what else we got here? Marvel is releasing an Alien comic book in March of twenty twenty one. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I am I'm, I'm not. I have made the the life decision that I will no longer be collecting comic books. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not that. I, um, I'll do a graphic novel, but I will do it like in an omnibus situation where I go to Barnes and Noble, I buy the the great big book that weighs 25 pounds, I probably pay about 120 bucks for it, and then I make plans on reading it, and then I never do, but I will occasionally thumb through it, just to look at the uh, artwork, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do, renew a Marvel subscription, and it's not that i have anything against superheroes i love the marvel movies i love the marvel superheroes i grew up on those comic books but at 42 years of age i think i am going to just have to not do that i'm sorry i love the aliens i love aliens um i'll watch the movies prometheus aliens uh alien versus predator all that shit comic books i don't know i don't know how well that's going to translate you know what i mean uh whatever uh the collected Remember that franchise, The Collector, The Collection? Um, there's two of them. There's a third one coming out. Our old friend, uh, what's his name there? Josh Shepard? Josh, um, Josh Stewart is his name. Um, the Collected, third installment in the franchise, had just started filming when all of this Corona horse shit started back in March of last year and was immediately shut down. And now... Good news, they haven't scrubbed the project completely. Bad news, they plan on resuming filming, quote-unquote, early next year. Now, can we hold them to that? Is that actually going to happen? Does it? Do we even have a release date on this thing? No. Um, but it is like a ray of sunshine, like a little spark of hope, and a very dark horizon on the, or, the horror uh, output. And that's all I have on a listener, uh, the uh, horror news, my friends. Let's do some listener mail, shall we? Let's do it. Let's get into some listener mail.
1: Listener
0: mail. Mm-hmm. What do we have here? We have an email and two voicemails. Let's start it off with the email. All the way from beautiful Southern California, here comes Tony. Tony's in the house. Subject line, Darian is a lot lizard. (laughs) My number one fan, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Tony, what's your problem this time? Darian is a lot lizard, and COVID probably isn't the only infectious disease he has. Well, I have been cleared from the uh, COVID, sir, so I will not comment on any other possible transmittable um, sexual diseases that I may carry, but let's just say that I did in fact get laid, my friend. Uh, greetings, padded room. Darian is also the maximum overdrive of podcasters, incoherent with gaping holes and would be better, better, more enjoyable with boobs. I'll agree with you on that part. First of all, tractor, trailer, big rigs, semis, they have 18 wheels. You said 16 wheel like five times last week, and you now have probably offended all eight of your fans. I did that before I even got to the truck talk, and I've never actually counted the wheels on one of these motherfuckers. So there you have it, Tony. This movie is a giant WTF. Did the Comet affect machines or engines? Why did it only affect some cars and trucks and not others like Curtis and Connie's? And if the Comet can control simple machines like a trigger assembly or a steering wheel, then why didn't it just control the gas pumps and pump its own fuel? And I know the gas station manager basically told the fat guy to shut up when he was about to say where they got the weapons, but where the hell did they get all those weapons? And if he had this whole time, maybe he should have got them out a little sooner. Also, I hate it when directors don't take note of how weapons work. The rocket launcher is a one-shot weapon. That was actually in my notes, Tony. That law rocket is not reloadable. Those things are disposable. It's not reloadable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, the question was proposed about what franchise could use a reboot, disregarding the sequels. My first thought was The Howling, because the werewolf kangaroos, seriously, aye, that's another good one, Tony, you're right, but then I saw that the director of It is redoing The Howling on Netflix, so there's that. Anyway, don't jack it up too much tonight, Tony, too late, Tony, <laughs> it's already as jacked up as it's going to get. Um, uh, the Howling, I, did, I hadn't considered that one, but you're absolutely right, um, I'm going to stick by my original answer and say a sequel to the Brandon Lee Crow. With uh, at least one or two of those characters coming back. I mean, they tried to bring the little girl back as a tattoo artist in City of Angels. But uh, it didn't even really make any sense, if you ask me. Howling is a good one. I, I like the howling. It's tough to do werewolves, though. The problem with werewolf movies, Tony... Is that you gotta be very special effects heavy. You know what I mean? And you gotta do it right. You take like a movie like Late Phases. Good show, great show, right up until you saw the old lady werewolves, and then you just threw your hands up in the air and went, oh, what the fuck is this shit? Get out of here with that. When they got lipstick and makeup, get the fuck out of here. You're killing me. Um, So that's a, a bit of a thing uh let's see well oh, now we got some voicemails let's get into these voicemails here shall we um i don't know how many fucking wheels are on one of those rigs what are you 60 18 is that what you're saying tony 18 wheelers i will bear that in mind for tonight's episode because we're gonna get into some hot stinky funky Probably inaccurate 18-wheeler talk here in the padded room. What's up? It's Alex. It's the Ebenezer Scrooge people call Oh, me don't be a So I'm already sick of this Christmas shit. Oh, wow. i got doing some shopping. Hope you are doing good. So, Joy Rod. Mm-hmm. I really like
1: that movie. Um, Shelly hates it because it scares her because she thinks it could really happen.
0: Oh, anyway, uh, Darian, glad to know you're doing okay. Hope the rest of your family doing good. We are. I hope everybody, buddy and Monica, show up. hope they're doing good. Uh, nope. <laughs> um,
1: dude, I don't remember who you are. Which said you were on um, uh, Ask Mr. Darian. Okay. Anyway, y'all have a good one. Bye.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Uh, Christmas shopping—is that even happening this year? I, are we just have we just resigned ourselves to Amazon? I'm glad you're getting out of the house, Alan, and actually doing some physical shopping. I feel like that's something that needs to happen around this time every year. More of like a social uh, construct and just a reminder of the fucking nightmare that we will endure to make our friends and and loved ones happy on Christmas. Because really, that's all it boils down to, right? I could give a fuck less if my kids get the toys they want, but I'm going to go get them anyway. Not because I want them to have the toys, but because I want them to know that their dad went out and got them the fucking toys. So there's that. Uh, let's get down to Southern California again. Here comes Monica's pod boyfriend, Mr. Tom Hardy. hey yo hey Padded room, how's my favorite degenerate? So far, so good, sir. Well, I'm fine. Uh, Mr. Darian there running around with the Rona. I do not uh, have the Rona. What was the verdict on that? Did you ever, uh... Get the results. I you, did. Uh, i a good. Rona positive, negative. a Negative. Anyway, hope all is well. We're then, good. Uh, I'm good. That's that's some bad business. If you did get it. <laughs> if not, hopefully you uh, enjoyed your days off. I did not. Um, hey, last week I was always talking shit about your um, your accents. Of course, spot on, Ted Levine. Last <laughs> week, I, I was actually very impressed. <laughs> well, that thank one. you very much, Tom. Uh, Another thing um,
1: you had mentioned uh, the expanse. Yes, and
0: uh, coming to an end, and what people thought of that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I actually read the books. Uh, oh, they're pretty good. Uh, okay, more sci-fi. There's not there's not a lot of horror. Right. Um, there's I guess small elements, but not not really. Uh, okay. More more the uh, sci-fi. Uh, anyway, got nothing else. Oh, hmm. You know what? What? Got nothing else.
1: I will. Uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Love you, like family.
0: Bye now. I love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, my friend. I do not, in fact, have the Rona. I got that going on for me. Um, Expanse. I am flirting with that on uh, Amazon Prime. And I think that, you know, I just had a goddamn seven days off, pretty much, and I was going goddamn crazy. What I should have done was something constructive. What I did do was play Dead by Daylight and Mortal Kombat um 11 until my eyes bled. so hey you're stuck at you're literally stuck at home. you can't leave your house with your family uh, you got to do whatever you can to keep yourself sane and right now that's mastering Johnny Cage's fatalities. I'm sorry I had intentions of looking at the expanse. I still have intentions of looking at the expanse I should say but that hasn't happened yet. And that is all I have on the listener mail, my friends. Uh, Alan, Tony, Tom Hardy, thank you very much. Uh, Bear with me. I'm going to try to get somebody back in here, okay? All my friends are either sick or dead or next to death or... uh, I don't know. But I am still accepting applications if you don't have coronavirus. That'll be the first question on the application process will be do you have coronavirus checkbox for yes and if you check that box then i can tell you right now i can't have you in the padded room i'm sorry all right enough about that i am ready to get into a motherfucking movie about uh 18 wheelers apparently not 16 wheelers for you uh truck aficionados let's get into some maximum overdrive
1: hi my name is stephen king I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dick is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories, and I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself.
2: (laughs) Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis, it's coming after us!
1: It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it.
2: What is going on? I don't know!
1: I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right.
2: You want a war? You got one. <laughs> I just want to get the hell out of here.
1: So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark.
2: Please don't us me, okay. me in the dark. Help me!
1: I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. That's a promise.
2: You're going to get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum Terror. <gasps> Jesus coming and he is. Maximum King.
1: Maybe tomorrow will be our world again.
2: Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's Maximum Overdrive. This one is written and directed by Stephen King. It's from 1986. Got 5.5 stars on IMDb, which I feel is a little low, to be honest with you. It's coming in at 1 hour, 39 minutes. Stars Emilio Estevez, Pat Hink- Hinkle, Hinkle, Hingle, and Laura Harrington. Um, We've seen it. We know it. We love it. The fucking trucks and the cars and various random other uh, mechanical and sometimes electrical items seem to come alive and kill people. It's very strange because there's a lot of shit in this movie that doesn't come alive and seems to work just fine uh, without hurting anybody or even being rude. Sometimes these machines come alive and they're just rude, you know? Uh, More verbal abuse than any actual damage. But regardless... It's a, uh, it's a Stephen King joint. Now, here's the thing, guys. You're, you're thinking this movie is directed by Stephen King? Woo! Sign me up. Let me get in on this because this is going to be scary as shit, right? I mean, Stephen King's the master of horror. Unfortunately, round about 1986, he had himself a little bit of a cocaine problem. <laughs> and he remembers very little about directing this movie or being part of it at any point at all which is going to uh, reflect in the movie itself unfortunately so the movie starts with a bit of a prologue about uh, the earth pa- or a comet passing over the earth the comet's name is raya and uh, for seven days the earth is going to be in the comet's tail and it's going to be pretty cool it's supposed to be pretty cool because it's gonna kind of turn the night sky green and it's gonna be it only it's only gonna happen once. After that, the comet's gonna keep on moving and that'll be the end of that. So we got about a week of green nighttime skies that we're looking at. We're all very excited for that. Now we're gonna to cut to a city. We don't know which city. Uh, I like to think it was St. Louis, and I don't know why I came to that conclusion, but I'm gonna go with that. Um, no, actually, I think it's somewhere in North Carolina, now that I think about it. I think they mentioned it being in North Carolina. Um, they're in North Carolina, and we're in a big city. And uh, we, like on, on a dime, everything starts going bananas. So we, we're, we're going to start off at a bank where the uh, marquee sign outside is giving you the time, the date, the temperature, advertising low-interest loans. And all of a sudden, it kind of cuts out for a second. And then it comes back up with "fuck you" over and over again. That was kind of fun. And then Stephen King himself goes up to try to use the ATM at the uh, the bank, and the screen just keeps calling him an asshole. Honey, this ATM just called me an asshole. Stephen King is not an actor, my friends. I think uh, if you want a testament to his acting ability, look no further than the original Creep Show. Uh, the, uh, unfortunate death of Jordi Varell. It is a clinic. (laughs) In, uh... (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to talk any more shit about Stephen King. Because somebody's going to show up at my doorstep and punch me in the face. I Might even be him. From what I understand, he doesn't have a lot going on these days. He might roll up in here and kick me in the nuts. Uh, regardless, um... So that's what happens and then we cut to a drawbridge nearby. one of those it's it's a drawbridge but it opens up in the middle and it's in the middle of daytime traffic. you got a couple of rubes playing cards in the booth. Apparently they weren't automated yet in 1986. Uh, so there's a couple of rubes up there that would you know close off the bridge, raise it, lower it and you know other than the occasional undercover cop that would jump the bridge like a badass, Uh, that would, that's how it would go, but the bridge is packed and it just starts raising on its own, which is kind of like watching, um, a, you know, multi-car pileup in very slow, stupid motion. Cause you know, everybody's like, Hey, the bridge is going up. Oh shit. Uh, instead what they should have done was immediately put their cars in reverse and back the fuck out of there. Instead, everybody just starts looking around going, Hey, the bridge is going up fucking shit. And then, uh, like, a guy on a motorcycle, like, slides down and falls in the water. And then a couple other cars. It's a big thing. And it's actually a pretty cool little sequence there. Because we see, we get a, an idea of what kind of chaos and carnage that would situation would create. And it's basically just these cars being stacked on top of each other and then dumped into the river. While these two rubes in the in the office yell at each other and they while well, they can't figure out what the fuck is going on. So that's fun. That's a fun little uh, situation. I mean, it's not, but it's fun to watch. Uh, now we're going to cut somewhere out in the sticks, in the, like, the boondocks outside this, this city, where we have a greasy truck stop diner. I love a greasy truck stop. There's nothing better when you're on a road trip than finding some disgusting little armpit of a place and ordering the nastiest breakfast you can find. Something with hash browns and eggs and toast that is going to be, you know, it's going to be way over buttered. And uh, you're not going to pay more than four four or five bucks, but uh, you're not leaving there hungry. That's for sure. God damn, I, you know what? I miss those, man. When my parents would take me on, we'd always find these little hole in the wall, disgusting blop restaurants. and <laughs> It was the best food ever. I got to get my family out on the road so we can find some of these places. It's called the Dixie Boy. And it's the full-on truck stop. You know, they got the gas pumps. They got the showers for the truckers. And then they have the the, the greasy spoon diner right there. And it's a great little place. Uh, the owner of the place is is a real fuck, fuck boy. His name is uh, Hochstetter, I think. Hold on. Let me just verify that. He's a big fat guy. And he looks like the same guy that owned uh, Porky's, if that makes any sense. You know, cigar in his mouth, weird accent. His name is actually uh, Hendershot played by Pat Hingle. You'll remember Pat Hingle. He was the villain in pretty much every single Clint Eastwood movie ever uh, up till like unforgiven. So he's a real pain in the ass and he's got this weird deal worked out with, I guess, the department of corrections where he hires a lot of parolees. And the cool thing about hiring parolees is that they'll work real hard because they're on a work release thing. And, you, you, Whatever you say they have to do, otherwise they go right back to the joint, which sucks for them. So we're going to meet his uh, one of his employees, uh, a guy by the name of Billy, played by Emilio Estevez. Uh, and Pat, uh, uh, what's the fuck, Hendershot is like, hey, uh, after you finish your nine-hour shift, you're going to put a coat of paint on the whole place. And Billy's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, hey, eh, you see this star on the uh, your time card there, kid? That means you're mine, and you're gonna do whatever I say, or you're going right back to the joint. And Billy's like, "God damn it, he's right," so he's all pissed off. When Billy puts his time card back, though, he sees that all the time cards there have the little stars on them, which means pretty much uh, Hendershot's entire workforce is parolees and weird, you know, criminals of some some form or another, which is. Gonna make even less sense when we find out what's in the basement. Regardless, uh, Billy's all pissed off. It's a real pain in the dick for him. Um, from there, we're gonna we're gonna. This is when things start to get a little interesting because, um, it, it we're not gonna jump right into the car apocalypse just yet, and which is which is strange because at this point in the film, people are still driving their their own trucks and their own cars. So, like the first thing that happens here at the uh the Dixie Boy is a guy by the name of Duncan is filling up one of the trucks and this is where we get to see our our main truck, the 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 you know, the iconic green goblin 18 wheeler, you know. And I don't know if they had to pay Marvel for this or if this movie is technically included in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it should be. I think we should see Captain America running around uh you know, being chased by a a car or so I don't know, something. But um, it pulls up, and a guy by the name of Duncan is filling it up with gas. All of a sudden, the gas pump shuts off. So Duncan pulls the the hose out, and he's like, what the fuck? And then the thing blasts him in the face with gasoline, which he's like, ah, shut my eyes, ah! Inside, while that's happening, the waitress, whom I'm going to refer to as Flo, because I feel like that's what her name should have been, I'm not going to say her name was Flo. Let me tell you what the character's real name was. Her real na- The character's name was Wanda, which actually makes more sense. Uh, she gets uh, mauled by a one of those electric carving knives for turkey. Now, funny thing about this scene, the turkey thing goes nuts, and it's like, and it just won't shut off. And she just happens to put her arm in front of it, so thus it kind of like digs into her arm. Now, rather than pick it up and turn it off, Billy has to attack it with a ball ping hammer. As if to say this thing is too dangerous and can't be running around by itself. I've got to put it away. While that's or I've got to I've got to smash it to bits, really. Uh, while that's going on, inside this place is a video game arcade. And <laughs> here's a funny little throwback to 1986. Inside the video game arcade You have a couple of video games, like old-school stand-up cabinets. Uh, You have a coffee machine, and you've got a cigarette machine. And this this video quote-unquote video game arcade is like in its own separate room off to the side. So, hey kids, while you're here at the Dixie Boy, uh, see if you can beat your Mario Brothers high score and have a pack of Marlboro Lights (laughs) and some black coffee to get your nine-year-old day started. Good lord, man. See, this is, the, this is the kind of thing that Stephen King would have noticed and probably at least tweaked a little bit had he not been uh, out of his mind on cocaine. Regardless, uh, there's a, a gentleman in there and he's like, what the hell? All the video games are like flashing the psychedelic screen. And he's like, what the hell? And then the cigarettes machine just starts belching out cigarettes so he starts filling his pockets with cigarettes and then one of them just kind of like lightning bolts his ass and he's dead very strange but we know what's going on now we're going to cut back to um somewhere else in this town where a little league game is going on and uh one of our kids just hit the game winning home run excellent Everybody's jumping up and down and he's very happy to uh, be, you know, on that team. The coach goes to the soda machine because he's going to buy the entire team sodas. And the soda machine attacks him in a way that is, well, first, it's it's like rocketing the sodas out. So the first one tags him in the balls, which doubles him over. And all the kids are getting a chuckle out of it. Next one hits him in the chest which causes him to kind of buckle over and put his head right in front of the soda dispenser. And then the last one hits him right in the head and then opens fire with soda cans on the entire Little League team. One kid, whose name happened to be Deacon, same as my son, uh, is like, oh shit. He walks up to the coach and sees the great big uh, round blood blister on its head and he's like jesus fucking christ so he puts his catcher's mask on to avoid getting hit in the head by random uh soda crossfire and then does like an army low crawl out of there uh, to avoid you know getting shot up by the soda machine which has gone full-on ballistic and can now be used as an anti-tank weapon apparently uh across the field there's another kid that happens to ride his bike and just out of nowhere collapse the bike and then gets run over by a steamroller, which of course is piloting itself. Now, I've been around construction equipment. I know the the top speed of the steamroller rarely is more than 25 miles an hour. Now, if you're on a bike and you fall off of it, you may be injured, but I'm willing to bet that you can crawl or limp or at least roll out of the way of the steamroller. You can't. Turn a steam wheel, steamroller, uh, with any kind of precision. You know what I mean. If you had to, if you had to do like a U-turn with it on a steamroller, that's that's like a forty-five minute process. There's going to be a lot of backing up involved. So I'm just going to put that out there. Again, something else that a sober Stephen King might have taken to account. Uh, now we're going to cut to the highway outside the Dixie Boy. Uh, we have a Bible salesman. That's right, apparently they still had those in 1986. Traveling Bible Salesman, which I would be willing to bet there is no bigger piece of shit in the known universe, uh, played by a guy named Christopher Murney. Uh, Now, you're probably not going to know the name, but Christopher Murney was the villain in one of my favorite action movies of all time. Some of you may know it, he was Eddie Arcadian, the video game king In Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, which I could probably recite for you right now, but I'm not going to. Uh, That being said, he's playing a a traveling Bible salesman who's picked himself up a a young, hot hitchhiker, played by Laura Harrington. Uh, I don't know what happened to her. I don't know if she's still around or she's doing anything, but um, circa 1986, pretty pretty attractive young lady. Uh, And you know what's going to go. You know how this works. He's looking to drop a digit on her before they get out of the car. So he's got his hand on her leg, you know what I'm saying? And she's like, oh, you're a scumbag, get off me. Um, Eventually, he tries one too many times, and she's like, you know, pull me the, pull over, you motherfucker, you're a piece of shit. So he does like a weird skid stop in front of the Dixie boy. She gets out and starts yelling and screaming at this guy. He gets out and starts, you know, I'm going to give you the gift of the Bible, and you're going to, the good word, and you're a heathen. Uh, while this little shouting match is going on in the um, uh, parking lot of the Dixie Boy, random truck number one... Actually, I think it was the um, um, the Green Goblin truck. Fires up on its own. Goes tearing towards them. Uh, they are completely oblivious. Now, here's... <laughs> here's another thing about this movie. And it's... it's uh, 18-wheeler trucks. Cowboy, if you're listening, you're a truck driver. Tony, you sound like you've been around a truck or two. They are loud. And even if you're deaf, and they're also big and usually pretty hard to miss, even if you're deaf, you can feel the ground shake when one of them's, you know, coming at you. Uh, For the purposes of this film, we have to assume that they can sneak up on people, which is... A bit of a stretch on the suspension of disbelief. Regardless, they managed to get out of the way of the Green Goblin. Uh, inside the Green Goblin's driver, a African gentleman, named, oddly enough named Handy, <laughs> is like, who the fuck is stealing my truck? I don't know, but they must be pretty good at hot wiring because I got the keys right here. And at this point, the Green Goblin truck rockets towards them as if to run them over. They get out of the way and then it just stops and parks there which is, um, doesn't make any sense, really, in the, the scheme of the, the movie and what's going on with the machines. But regardless, we're going to have to write that off because now we're going to cut back to the freeway again where we have a young newlywed couple also driving around, and these two are about as annoying as it gets. Uh, we won't recognize them, but we will recognize the voice. She is Yardley Smith, I think i'm probably mispronouncing the name but as soon as you hear her voice you're going to realize oh jesus christ that's lisa simpson lisa simpson and um i don't know how you can watch this movie without closing your eyes and picturing lisa simpson almost getting run over by a 16 wheeler because she makes it damn near impossible her voice is very distinct and almost what that's clearly lisa simpson um they are annoying as shit. They're driving like an old school Buick town car. Now, question number one, which Tony already brought up, but I think bears repeating. Which vehicles are being taken over and which ones aren't? Because the Bible salesman's car worked just fine. These two were driving around. They happen upon a dead body on the freeway. They actually turned the car off to get out and look at it. At which point they almost get run over by a tow truck. And then they're like, oh shit, let's get back in the car and drive away. And the car is working just fine for them. It's not trying to kill them. The tow truck, the unmanned tow truck behind them, however, is. So, a bit of a high speed chase kind of a situation. Eventually, the tow truck um, crashes into the gas station that they stopped at, so they get away. But as they're hauling ass in the opposite direction, they just see... Tons and tons of eighteen-wheelers headed in the opposite direction. Uh, where they're going, don't know. No other cars on the freeway. Just truck after truck after truck after truck after truck after truck after truck. After truck. Um, eventually, they run afoul of another truck, which leads to another high-speed chase. And eventually, they manage to. to uh, this 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 is a weird situation here. Now, mind you, at this point, we have seen. Uh, it would be one thing to say, okay, only trucks are coming alive, right? But that would that would be fine. It would be weird. It wouldn't make any sense. But we'll just say that that's the radiation of the comet. And for some reason, it only affects big trucks. That's fine. Except it also affects video games, cigarette machines, uh, ATMs, uh, marquee signs on banks, suspension bridges, or uh, draw bridges, bridges, I mean. Um, so really... I don't know, man. It just seems to pick and choose what I, I don't know. I don't know. I think again, this is something that Stephen uh, a sober, right-minded Stephen King probably would have addressed and he would have been like, "Okay, uh we're going to the scientist is going to come on the radio and explain that it only affects so much or there's so much radiation or something like that." But that question never gets answered, Tony, and I don't have an answer either. I'm sorry. Other than cocaine. <laughs> Uh, Now, funny thing about this, the speed between Connie and Kurt or the speed this chase between Connie, Kurt and this, this other random truck, they manage to lose it because they outmaneuver it. Uh, They're in their little Buick town car. This is a big uh, 18 wheeler. They kind of do like a quick U-turn, which causes uh, for some reason, this truck loses control and goes off the freeway into a ditch. But if you watch this scene carefully, and this makes no sense the second the, the second truck the big truck that's chasing him, actually bursts into flames before it even goes off the freeway <laughs> what the fuck happened there i wonder did somebody coat that uh, that truck in gasoline before it left the uh, the the last filling station i don't know it's worth mentioning that it's very strange cuz it's chasing them chasing them chasing them they do a quick u turn it kind of veers off the road and then the camera pans up and all of a sudden the fucking thing's on fire Uh, okay and then of course it goes into the ditch and explodes seemingly for no reason really uh that's fun eventually uh connie and kurt make it to the dixie boy where now all of the trucks are animated and they're all just doing hot laps around the dixie boy um more or less barricading everybody in there in now at this point inside the Dixie boy inside the diner um i'm gonna say probably i don't know twenty five people, most of them are going to be dead within a few minutes, so there's no point in learning their names or what they do or anything like that now, one guy, though the guy that I previously mentioned that got blasted in the face, got the gasoline bukaki uh Duncan. He's like, oh shit, my kid's at a a ball game. I gotta go find him. Everything's going crazy. So he gets up, but he can't see anything because the gasoline got in his fucking eyeballs. So he's like, no, I'm gonna go get my kid. Uh, Billy's like, dude, you can't see anything. At least let's just wait. And he's like, no, no, everything's going to shit. I'm gonna go get my kid. Duncan takes two steps outside of the Dixie boy, drops his keys, bends over to pick him up, and splat, gets leveled by one of the fucking trucks well shit now at this point we're going to come to understand that the one the the catcher's mask kid from the the little league game was duncan's uh son and he's actually trying to get to the dixie boy also to check on his dad which is kind of sad in a way so now we're going to cut across town to deacon duncan's dad Hey, it's kind of a d thing also darian and deacon duncan and dinkin very cool um Deacon is on his bike trying to get to the Dixie Boy. And he's going through this town, wherever this town is, and just seeing the carnage that the machines have caused. Now, here's some very random machinery uh, taking taking uh, the offensive and killing people. We have one guy uh, with his his old school Walkman. And uh, apparently, I don't know what happened, but there's he's dead and there's blood coming out of his ears. So maybe the volume or some kind of a pitch exploded his brain, I, I don't know, uh, what else we got, we got a lady hanging out of a window holding a curling iron like that attacked her, how would a curling iron attack you, would it just get so hot that it, uh, yeah, I mean, you would you would be like, oh shit, that's really hot, I'm gonna put it down, and then what, it's not like it's gonna chase you around, it's a fucking curling iron, so I have no idea what happened there, but here's the <laughs> here's the really weird part, we have a toy cop car that has somehow, um, I guess, catapulted itself into the mouth of a dog and killed the dog. Now, there's, I don't, I don't know, I don't. That's not technically machinery; it's a toy, so it would be electronics. I don't, I, I, I have no, I have no answer for any of this other than uh, Stephen King was on coke. And on top of that, as Deacon is driving his bike down the road, sprinklers are coming on as if to alert other machinery as to where he is, I guess. Uh, there's a random ice cream truck driving itself around, probably looking for Deacon also. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. Uh, eventually, he manages to get out of the town, and that's pretty cool. So, uh, about this time, we're going to cut back to the Dixie boy. Uh, the situation is has become relevant at that, at that place, because we already have one dead body. We've now got ourselves a bit of a siege narrative going on. And here comes Curtis and Connie, the annoying shits that they are, and they're going to try to get... Why are they stopping at the Dixie Boy? I have no idea. Why... If... If... You're... Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you have, in the course of the last hour, been almost killed by two... Uh, somehow self-driven very large trucks why would your next stop be a truck stop why would you go where you know there's going to be a lot of, tr- of those trucks that just tried to kill you i don't know somehow they end up there uh connie at one point is like what the hell are we doing here she's like where else are we gonna go there's more trucks on the freeway then get off the fucking freeway you jackass what are you doing this is a terrible idea so anyway, the trucks are now basically just driving hot laps around the Dixie Boy. Uh, there is like a two-truck length gap in their patrol line or whatever you want to call it. So Curtis is like, you know what, I'm going to shoot that gap, man. Now, that <laughs> the gap is the length, I would say, uh, of about two... 18 wheelers i keep wanting to say 16 so there's a pretty good size gap there i'm gonna make it i just gotta punch the engine right there dude i could i'm gonna i'm gonna call this a failure of cinematography because really if you want to sell me the idea that this is some kind of a dangerous feat that gap has to be a lot smaller stephen king and uh it's not gonna make any sense when, I don't know, I can't even explain it, but uh, he shoots the gap, doesn't make it, uh, his little Buick town car gets clipped in the rear end just as he's shooting through the gap and does like a weird cartwheel move, which sucks. Uh, they, they, Curtis and Connie survive, they get out and they run into the Dixie boy, but then the remaining trucks just doze the living shit out of the uh, Buick town car and it's flattened completely. So, I'm gonna forget the part where um, the car itself didn't become sentient for some goddamn reason, while other cars have seemingly randomly. Uh, but the part where the other trucks feel the need to smash that one to crap—what is that all about? Do they is that the car is that like the sellout car? Hey, man, you're still working for the man. We're the rest of us are free. What are you doing? We're gonna have to smash you now. That car didn't do anything. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Oh, well, that was weird. Anyway, they crushed the piss out of that thing. So now Curtis and Connie are inside. And now we have a whole cast of uh, ridiculous 80s stereo- like stereotypical characters in the Dixie Boy. Um, we have uh, Hendershot, who is the uh, slave driver there. And this is about the time that we're going to discover that for some goddamn reason... Hendershot in the basement of this place has a full and complete arsenal, complete with law rockets, various submachine guns, hand grenades, um, other explosives, body armor. I thought I saw. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a strange question. And Emilio brings it up. What's Hendershot doing with all this stuff? He just does what guys like him do. They buy stuff and then they keep stuff. Okay. sure now you hire a lot of criminals is it a good idea to have that much firepower around a bunch of known criminals it's only a matter of time to one of them finds it and once he does it's it's going to be killing spree time right i don't know i don't know again cocaine stephen king there's your answer um now about this time things are going to get even worse here at the old uh dixie dixie boy uh, night has fallen. Uh, we have broken out the booze, which is always a good idea. And Wanda the waitress is going to have a bit of a meltdown. She's hammered. Uh, there's a couple of other local trucker rubes flirting her up. I think I think they're trying to get their gangbang on or something. But she just uh, flies off the handle, runs outside, and starts screaming, We made you! You can't do this! We made you! Eventually, they grab her and pull her back inside before any real damage happens. Uh, at least at this point. Uh, the convoy around the building continues all through the night. The next morning... Okay, this is... I'm, I'm skipping some non, non-pertinent non story points here. Like... Um, The hot hitch hitchhiker and Billy end up hooking up and having sex in a weird, weird pornographic bedroom closet. Which I don't know. (laughs) Is there somebody sleeping at this place? Because there's like a full bedroom there with a bunch of naked chicks on the wall. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's what's going. What what the hell is there? Like is this like a swingers truck stop? Or something? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But they end up ho- hooking up, having sex, uh, going to sleep. The next morning, they, w- they go and they wake Billy up because another vehicle is pulled up. Now, this is a v- very strange, <laughs> this is a very weird vehicle. And I don't even know what to call it. Uh, I'm just going to call it what it is. A machine gun on wheels with a bizarre steering wheel apparatus attached. Now, I'm ex-military myself, inmates. I'm a, I'm a former United States Marine. I've never seen anything like this. And I had to study military vehicles for a short time in my career. It's This thing is like a, uh, a pallet on a chassis with wheels. And uh, I didn't see, like, there's no seat on it. There's no place for a driver to sit. Um, it's not armored in any way. It's literally uh, like a pole coming out of the pallet. And then there's a m60 machine gun sticking on the pole as if it's supposed to be some kind of a turret but if you think okay all right i don't know i just have to assume that this is something uh stephen king's effects department rigged up on the fly um i don't know what the hell this anyway this thing rolls up out of nowhere and uh every, everybody's like oh there's a fucking machine right there it we've got a machine gun so they are like oh shit what are we gonna do um then the thing just opens up on the uh on the whole the 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 whole uh diner just pop pop, 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 pop pop blows the whole fucking place to shit kills four or five random rubes who just happened to stand up at the wrong time That's yeah, fine uh we didn't even know their names, so they couldn't have mattered that much right eventually it stops shooting uh again. Wanda runs out there and starts yelling and screaming at the thing. We made you. You can't do this to us. And it just riddles her ass. <laughs> Pumps her full of lead. She's now out of the equation. I miss her already. Um, that's pretty bad. Uh, during that little situation, though, the Bible salesman runs out and gets run gets run not only run over but blasted into the the nearby ditch. Now we have to assume Eddie Arcadian the video game king is now dead for the moment. Not quite, but we'll get to that in a sec. Uh we have a real problem on our hands here kids because we can't get out of this place. Uh we're cool, but now they now this fucking thing whatever it is, it's infect it's infected this weird machine gun pallet situation and now it could probably blow us shoot us all up if it wants to. So here comes uh, the, the machine gun, quote-unquote, vehicle, whatever you want to call it. And now it's it's banging out Morse code. Beep, 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 beep. Deacon, the kid, has made it to the uh, truck stop via this underground tunnel, realized that his dad was dead. That's a very sad situation. But because he's an ex-boy scout, he can now translate the Morse code. And basically it says, uh, somebody's got to come out here and fuel us up. Uh, whoever it is that comes out won't be harmed if you don't we're gonna kill everybody very cryptic very very tragic so from there we have a uh hard-working under the hot sun montage and a wisecrack by billy emilio he's like i hope they brought their american express cards (laughs) classic 80s humor right there Uh, we get a little ACDC backdrop and then we see them pumping gas pretty much all day long until they run out of gas there at the gas uh, pump. But then a fuel truck rolls up to refill their pumps. So, I mean, actually, these trucks are kind of helpful like that, you know, because Billy's like, okay, I'm going to fill up the pumps then. But not until after he gets into like a weird chest shoving match with one of the trucks. He's like, come on. Come on, truck, fight me. Fight me, you fucking truck. Come on, I'll fight you. You're not... <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to punch it? <laughs> what the heck? What is that going to do? Anyway, um, they, get the, they get the the pumps filled back up, and then they get back to work filling up the trucks. Uh, this is when Billy, after he gets a little rest and relaxation, uh, he hatches this ingenious scheme. What he's going to do is go out there and act like he's filling up the, tank, the, the, the trucks, But he has taken a hand grenade from Hendershot's personal armory, and he's talking to his buddy. He's like, when I say run, just run. And then he drops the hand grenade under the machine gun uh, vehicle, which blows that up, sending stray rounds everywhere. And then those start going off, shooting up the place even more. And then Hendershot comes out with a law rocket. Now... As Tony alluded to, I know Tony, you're ex-military also, it's a law rocket. Those are not reloadable. Those are disposable. Very similar to the modern-day AT-4. Uh, I don't think they had AT-4s back in uh, 86, so this is what we had was law rockets. Uh, you shoot it, and then you drop it, and you walk away. Uh, another thing about the law rocket, and I don't want to bog you down with military uh, you know, schematics and things like that. The back blast on that thing is enough to, to put a building on fire. So the part where they're shooting the law rocket from the building into the trucks, <laughs> ah, I'm not a stickler for details, and I know Stephen King was never in the military, but that's something that you might want to ask somebody about, because, you know, that's a bit of a problem. Anyway, or even better, when they're shooting it from the hip. <laughs> oh, boy, that is a bad day to, if you want to try and do that. Uh, anyway, blows up another truck, uh, so he's like, yeah, I got you now. Here comes a fucking bulldozer. So apparently this shit also gets into construction equipment. Here comes a bulldozer, which pushes another car into the fucking uh, 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 Dixie Boy. So now there's like structural damage and shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, we really fucked up now. Night falls. Uh, At this point, we decide we can't stay here, but we can't fill in up these fucking tanks, because they're going to come in here and wreck us anyway. So we found a tunnel from the basement that's going to lead out uh, into like a weird um, sewage line, I guess, into the ditch across the way, which will get them out of the Dixie Boy. The trucks have had about enough of their bullshit, so... One by one, each truck just starts slamming into the building and knocking shit over and wrecking a bunch of stuff. Uh, By then, they're all gone, and they've all got submachine guns on them and stuff. So they start making their way through this quiet little town. The plan is to get to the marina and get a boat and sail that out in the water because we're operating under the assumption that we only have to survive this for a week, and then everything's going to go back to normal. So... Uh, okay that's what we're going with so they scurry their way around the town uh, Green Goblin Truck is looking for them they get to a fast food place where the um, drive through menu lights up and it's like humans are here humans are here humans are here so they shoot up the, <laughs> the fucking menu and the speaker uh, knocking that thing out And then they get to the marina and they find uh, a bunch of dead people in cars and shit like that and then uh, one guy is trying to steal the wedding ring off some dead chick and this is the this is the best part because the 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 green goblin truck is parked at the marina. So follow me on this inmates because it's very hard. I mean I, <sighs> okay so they all come across like a uh, parking lot, right? The one guy at the end of their their little patrol stops to pry a very expensive-looking wedding ring off of a dead body. Now, when they crossed the marina, you didn't see the uh, Green Goblin truck. But there's no way they couldn't have, right? And the the guy that fell behind wasn't far behind enough to where the truck could have snuck up. Again, this is an 18-wheeler. This is a fucking 18-wheeler that we're talking about here. Somehow, it sneaks up on this dude... Fires up its engine in a in a way to startle him, but to not give him enough time to actually get out of the way, and then runs this dude over. The rest of the posse hops on a boat and takes off into the bay of wherever they are, and that's pretty much the end of your movie. And then we get a prologue about or an epilogue about um, uh, a Russian satellite shot down a mysterious UFO, and then the Earth passed through the uh, tail of the comet Raya M. And uh, the survivors of the Dixie Boy are still surviving. <laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, this this is a very silly movie. Is it a bad movie? In 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 a technical regard, I suppose it is, but it's very enjoyable, and it's um there are it's it's unintentionally comical, I believe. It's a movie you can put on and enjoy if you can turn off your thinking cap and not ask questions and definitely uh try not to think about things like military weaponry or uh small engines and which ones are affected and which ones aren't or electronic devices that uh or uh, kids toys for that matter <laughs> just a, maybe maybe you should do cocaine and then watch this movie, maybe then it'll make a lot more sense. What it did make me, uh, if nothing else, was hungry for a moons over my hammy, which I haven't had in a very long time. That is Maximum Overdrive, my friends. I enjoyed it. I say check it out. I'm sure you've already seen it. If you haven't, give it a a watch. Uh, Don't take it seriously, though. And uh, clearly this was the beginning, middle, and end of Stephen King's directing career for various obvious reasons. And... uh, I don't. I've, maybe, maybe we should give him another chance. You know, it's been uh, what forty years now. Let's give. Maybe he's. Maybe he's uh, got some better ideas. And I don't think he does cocaine anymore. But I think he might still smoke weed. Either way, I'd say. I, you know what? I, I'm willing to give him another shot at the director's uh, helm. Let's take us a little break. I'm going to come back with some other stuff here, inmates. <laughs>
2: June and the Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over peak with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is headed for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of shaky town. I said, Pin, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put a hammer on down. we got a little convoy rocking Five trucks and all, but there's a roadblock up on the cloverleaf, and them bears is wall to wall. Yeah, the smokies was stick as bugs on a bumper, they even had a bear in the air. I says, calling all trucks, it's here to duck, we about to go a-hunting bear. Cause we got a great big rocking through the night, yeah, we got a great big home. Like a rocket sled on rails. We tore up all of our swindle sheets and left them sitting on the scales. By the time we hit that shy town, the bears was getting smart. They had brought up some reinforcements from the Illinois National Guard. There's armored cars and tanks and jeeps and rigs of every size. Yeah, the chicken coops was full of bears and choppers filled the skies. When we shot the line and we went for road with a thousand screaming trucks. And eleven long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. Uh, Excited bachelor, this here's the guy coming in to inform us. Excited bachelor, this. You wanna put that microbus in behind that suicide jacket? He's gonna die, man. He needs all the help he can get. When we laid the strip for the Jersey Shore and prepared to cross the line, I could see the bridge is lined with bears, but I didn't have a doggone dime. I said, "Pick, pin, this here's a rubber duck. We just ain't gonna pay no toll." So we crash the gate, do it 98. I says, let them truckers roll. Then boom, we got a mighty convoy rocking through the night.
1: If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy
0: the rest of the show. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Really, should we find ourselves in some kind of a big truck apocalypse? All we have to do, really, is just not get in our cars, I feel. I feel like if we could just walk, because if a big truck is coming at number one, it's not going to sneak up on you. Number two, all you have to do is jump to the side. That's it. It's going to take 45 minutes for that fucking thing to turn around for another pass. And by then, you're somewhere else. I am not, I I mean, it would do a lot of structural damage. You probably want to get out of the city. But it's definitely stay off the freeways. Other than I think we're going to be okay as far as the the big truck apocalypse, if such a thing were to happen. I wonder if there's any better versions of this out there. Is there like a killer truck? I mean, I know there's single killer truck movies. You got Killdozer, uh, Duel, uh, Joyride that we, lost, that we watched last week. Um, but those are more about psycho truck drivers than anything. I don't know, man. Think about that. I would love to hear your thoughts on Maximum Overdrive. Or if you want to talk about, uh, you know, if you want to d- talk about which d- diseases I have, the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com or the mental health hotline at area code 775 In the meantime, my friends, I would like to tell you about some movies that I got to watch this week in a little segment I like to call What Are You Looking At? what are you looking at I got a few movies in this week how about Bunny from 2013 caught this one on Tubi Uh, it's spelled B-U-N-N-I and it's about a uh psycho that is stalking people through an abandoned sex shop as you and she's dressed the psycho is a female and she's dressed up in a full uh playboy playmate uh leather corset with bunny ears situation uh it's silly it's stupid (laughs) uh low budget is shit interesting uh Concept. They tried to throw a. Um, it's not even interesting, really. Uh, all the characters are pretty much completely unlikable. For a, a movie called Bunny, there is surprisingly little nudity in it. Yet, um, ah, I don't. I, to be honest, the the little thumbnail that popped up on Tubi, uh, the chick was hot. That's why I clicked on it. And once it got me, I couldn't. Re- I was having a hard time sleeping, so I just finished it. A Shriek in the Night from 1933. I did this one for the bonus Patreon content this week. Uh, Hope you'll check that out. We do uh, have that over at uh, paddedroompodcast.com. $5, you get all the bonus content, plus you get to pick the running theme of January. It's not a bad show. It's more of a comedy, like a noir murder mystery comedy, I thought. Don't Listen from 2020. This one is pretty good. It's a pretty good show. I think it's uh, probably... Spanish, but you can watch it on Netflix right now. It's dubbed in English. So there's that. That doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's uh it's pretty good, man. It's a nice little haunted house situation. And when you get the reveal and you find out what's going on with you know that, the people get fucked up in this one and they don't pull any punches. You know, the the little kid is one I'm not gonna spoil this for you, but the little kid's one of the first ones to go. Uh nobody sleeps in the woods tonight. There's another foreign film. I believe this one is Polish. It's also on Netflix. Not bad. Slasher in the Woods. Uh, The Slashers, there's actually a couple of them, are gnarly looking. No masks. They're more out of the uh, the Wrong Turn uh, family. But they're covered in warts. Which I've seen, like... uh, exposés on people that have that weird skin disease where they just keep growing warts on top of warts on top of warts until their whole body it looks like just like a big pile of warts that is like my, one of my deepest fears is that I get that cuz I don't I mean I can't handle things being on my body that don't belong there <laughs> or that I don't want there and it freaks me out to think that that's even a possibility and I don't know man I it, it, the the, the the movie is pretty good. Kids go out in the woods, they get killed by these warty slasher dudes. That part's pretty dope. Uh, special effects are pretty good. The the wart thing really freaked me out. Uh, what else? Uh, Castle Freak from 2020, the remake. The remake of Castle Freak, which is now streaming on Shudder, by the way. I hope everybody has access to Shudder. Let me tell you about this one. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, the original Castle Freak was probably my least favorite of the, the Stuart Gordon Lovecraft movies, despite the Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton uh, one-two punch that we all know and love. This one is directed by a, a, a guy named Tate Steinseich. Now, that name probably doesn't ring any bells, but to me it does, because Tate Steinseich was one of my favorite contestants on face off you remember that uh, makeup show on the sci-fi channel he was on two seasons and he got fucked both seasons and he's a, he's a he's a special effects guy he always had the best effects but what i always loved about tate was that he would tell you know the fucking judges oh you have two weeks to come up with a concept and uh, he would build these whole backstories around these makeups that he would do Uh, not that anybody cared, but he would always tell the camera, you know, oh, this is a, she's a warrior princess or whatever the hell. Um, I always thought he went on the two seasons that he was on. I thought he should have went all the way on one season. He only, he went to the championship and lost to some chick. And on the other one, he got eliminated. I don't know. I don't even remember. It was like five, six years ago, but he directed this thing, man. And I think it's pretty badass. It's got all the elements that you want from the original Castle Freak. It's got uh, you know, the uh inheriting the castle and the moving there, the blind girl. It's not it's the the family dynamic is completely different. There's no alcoholic dad or anything like that. It's just the blind girl and her boyfriend now. But uh we he he takes us right to Lovecraft town. And the ending is a little <laughs> a little suspect cuz there's some things that don't really belong there but you can't really do a true lovecraft adaptation in 2020 i don't think all you can do is take you know key elements in the recipe that he wrote for you back in 1914 or whatever and go with put it, b- b- build whatever you can with it i thought he did a great job i liked it a lot Uh, there is some Bananas special effects going on here. Gets a little wacky with the CGI towards the end. I say it's definitely worth checking out. I'm not a huge, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Castle Freak, but this one, um, I would put this one better than the original, but I wasn't all that crazy about the original to begin with. Uh, That's all I'm looking at, inmates. Let's do a little immersion therapy, shall we? Everybody get a chance to watch porno. I'm not talking about like, you know, X videos or whatever. (laughs) I'm sure we all watched porno at one point or another. I'm talking about the, the horror movie actually called porno. Uh, Yeah. Oh shit.
2: (laughs)
1: Immersion therapy.
0: Not a bad show, I didn't think. I rather enjoyed this one. Um, For a movie called Porno, I would expect a lot more nudity. There is some in there. It's usually like ancillary, but I would expect like, you know, the the premise is that these kids uh, live in a very religious town and they happen to work at the movie theater and uh, they kind of get left in charge for the night and they find this old reel-to-reel movie in the basement excuse me they think it's a porno so they close down shop and they're gonna have themselves a private viewing and of course it's some kind of a demon conjuring situation uh you had to know that the main kid was gay right i, I don't know how you can get around that especially when he's talking to his super religioso girlfriend who is mildly attractive at best and he's like oh i just i really need to get in touch with jesus before i can touch you or okay all right Alright, I see what you're doing here. That it, it was no shock to me when we found that out later on in the movie. I thought it was alright, I thought it was a good show. Uh, definitely worth watch, worth a watch. Streaming on Shudder as we speak. Check that shit out, inmates. Um, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be House of Purgatory. From 2016. This one is presently streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, It's directed by Tyler Christensen. Stars Brian Krause, Laura Coover, and Aaron Galvin. Um, Something about kids looking for a haunted house. I'm sure sure nothing good (laughs) comes of that for those kids. So check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same. um, And we can compare notes next week. In the meantime, you got to educate me. Because... Monica's not here, and I'm sorry. Here we go.
1: Educating Miss Monica.
0: Well, it's Christmas Eve in France, and me and my drunko friends have been kicked out of just about every fucking nightclub uh, in this French town that we're in, and the last one we got kicked out of, though, the young lady said, hey, why don't we all go back to my place, which sounded like a good idea, except when we get there, we find her giant of a man, uh, older brother, who is just chock full of racial slurs. Despite the fact that half my friends are black and or Muslim, and uh, he's got some really weird shit going on here, and he's not really in the mood to let us leave now. So, yeah, we might be proper fucked, my friends. Probably shouldn't have been so belligerent at the last club. Think about that, inmates, and I will let you know who I am next week. I'll tell you right now, it's a French movie, if that helps. It's not even in English, if that helps at all. Uh, I don't think anybody, anybody has actually seen this or has even mentioned it before. <laughs> I might have you this time. Who was I last week? That's a good fucking question. Tony thought he had it. He thought I was a movie called We Go On, which is a pretty good show. I hope, I hope we've all seen We Go On. That's a great ghost movie. Um, I wasn't. Shall I run you through my clues from last week one more time? Yeah, let's do it. Last week's clues. Um, this eccentric billionaire just hired me and my wife and a couple of other uh, people to prove the existence of life after death. Big paycheck in it for us. If if he can, he's gonna he's gonna set us up in what is undisputedly one of the most haunted houses in this country that we're in. And uh, it's got a tragic past full of vampirism, hypnotism, necrophilia, uh, sadism, masochism. I'm sure there's some anal stuff in there. And if that little clue didn't give it away, I don't know what else will. I was The haunt, the Legend of Hell House. I almost said The Haunting of Hell House. It's actually called The Legend of Hell House uh, from 1973 starring Roddy McDowell. That's a good fucking movie too, man. I don't feel that that one gets enough credit uh that's who i was french movie is who i am this week let me know if you have any idea who i might be um the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com or the mental health hotline at area code 775-387-0275 also if you need to know anything about us or how to get a hold of us paddedroompodcast.com us horror for dummies might have a couple of other new shows coming on board here um Yeah, check that out. Thank you very much for joining me. Join us next week. Hopefully I can get somebody in here. Hopefully somebody's still alive next week, besides just me, uh, in here for next week. I'm doing fucking Blood on the Highway (sighs) next week, cowboy. Thank you very much for that, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Join me next week for Blood on the Highway, inmates. In the meantime, for Buddy throwing up somewhere, Miss Monica barely able to walk, uh trucks and other random electronics piloting themselves and having some kind of problem with us um streaming services ghost stories eccentric billionaires people with road rash fucking pushy bible sales road bible salesman door-to-door fucking bible salesman and the padded room podcast i'm afraid visiting hours are over